Hey, everybody, welcome to the Balance Boss Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Zeller, and today's guest is Angela Kim. Angela is a former concert pianist turned founder of Savor Beauty, a natural skincare, facial spa, and self care journal brand inspired by Korean beauty rituals. The award-winning serums, creams, cleansers, peels, and masks are made sustainably and ethically by women in the Hudson Valley. The products are delivered fresh to its three New York spas for Saver Spa's signature specialty facials, which have been chosen by editors from Allure, Goop, and Elle as Best of New York. Saver Beauty partners exclusively with select spa partners with a special interest in women-owned spas and estheticians. Angela Kim is mom to daughter Sienna and a mini golden Zoe. They reside in New York City's Upper West Side, and I'm so excited for you guys to talk to her today. I think it's amazing how Angela has gone from being a concert pianist touring the world to following her dream and pivoting to opening a world-renowned skincare brand. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Welcome to the Balanced Boss Podcast where we discuss how to live abundantly in all areas of your life. Here is your host and work-life balance coach, Lauren Zola. Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here with you. Excited to have you on today. So I always start the Balance Boss podcast with an intention setting. I'm a firm believer in state change and setting an intention to create desired results in your life. So the first question I'm going to ask you is I'm actually going to hand the reins over to you and have you set an intention for how you want the listeners to feel as we talk today or how you want them to feel once the podcast is complete. I would love for your listeners to feel inspired. Mm. Yeah. I love it. That's a perfect intention. So very simple, powerful. Yes, completely agree. So you have kind of a crazy story and I'm really excited to hear about it because I want to know more about it. I know just the bare bones, but can you talk a little bit about how you went from being a concert pianist to now a successful entrepreneur in the beauty industry? (laughs) You know, I often talk with my friends about transferable skills and and how whenever you're doing anything, how you do anything is how you do everything in life. And so, you know, even if you're 16 years old or you're 26 or 36, 46, 56, whatever it is, um, I really believe that everything you're doing right now prepares you for the future. So, you know, I was a concert pianist, as you said, and about to walk out on stage and put on this natural lotion all over my body and started breaking out into hives from it. And so, um, you know, just, I never knew that this tiny little itch would change my life forever. And I took a look at the list of ingredients and was really shocked to find out how many chemicals there were in this formula. And that just really set me off to go into my kitchen and do just start making my own lotions and potions. And it was um, a very freeing experience just to have fun um, experimenting in my kitchen, failing a bunch of times. Um, and, you know, after like a thousand tries, you know, because as a concert pianist, I was, and again, this is a transferable skill. I was used to doing things over and over again until I reached a certain level of excellence and the determination and, and desire to not quit. After a thousand tries, I started to give them as gifts to my friends. They started to want, wanting to buy them as gifts for their friends. And I became this accidental entrepreneur. 
And, and I know that sounds like such an easy pa- uh, path, but I, I, re- I look back at that time very fondly because it was a time of exploration, creativity, excitement. Um, it wasn't supposed to be a business. So it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's, I love that you told us that story and that you, you said that you just kind of by accident fell into being an entrepreneur. And I think that that there's some level of that, that everyone needs to find in their entrepreneur journey, whether they set out to be an entrepreneur or if they just fall into it, that Mm -hmm. sense of play that you found is what's so important in rooting you in something that has impact or something that really lights you up that you can share with other people. Right. Right. Yeah. I think the, I think everyone has a story that, um, you know, I always say where you hurt and heal, you can help. So I think everyone has a story, um, that they can share. That's just as inspirational and powerful and creative. Um, if they really, I think a lot of people, what they try to do is hide behind their pain and not really bring it to the surface. And then not even, especially as an entrepreneur to not talk about it or hide it, I think is in, in many ways dimming your light, you know? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. So this is something that I'm interested in asking you because I know that And it's funny because I just got off, I was being interviewed on a podcast and was talking all about my leap into the entrepreneur world because I came from a performance background as well. And then I ventured into, after my performing career kind of came to a halt, I went into the corporate space and then became an entrepreneur. But, and I always love to ask people, when was that switch for you really apparent? Because you were a you jumped from something that was so different from being in the beauty industry. You were in, you were a concert pianist. You were in the performing arts. When was that moment, that aha moment that this is the time that I need to dive completely into the beauty world and really building this venture that I've kind of created on my own? When was that aha moment for you? Well, I didn't necessarily have a, one moment that sparked it. It was an evolution over time. And I think I started to feel a little stagnant as a pianist, um, probably the last year that I was performing. I was I was traveling a lot and I was getting burnt out, sometimes up to 8,000 miles a month. And, um, and then I was pregnant with my daughter and I just, I kind of realized over a span of five months that this wasn't going to be sustainable for me when I was, when she would be, you know, a newborn. So uh, I decided that I I told my friend, I remember to this day and we talk about it. I I told my friend, Julie, um, I am going to just take a year break and from piano. And she looked at me and she goes, are you sure? <laughs> and then later we <laughs> talked about it. And I asked her what did she meant by that. And she goes, I just had this feeling you were never going to come back. And so she mm-hmm. knew it before I knew it. And then I gave birth to my daughter. And one month later, I felt this creative surge, but I didn't have a desire to play the piano. I wanted to explore this new entrepreneurial route. So I opened up a little kiosk, a little holiday shop at the Bryant Park Holiday Shops, which is here in Manhattan. It's a, it's a big, you know, holiday festival. Um, and so I opened up a shop there and I did really well. I, I learned how to sell creams. 
think I sold about $40,000 of lotions and potions and creams that holiday season. And that's sort of how I knew, oh, this is a viable business. So, so, so sorry, I can't answer your question with the aha. It was just, I think when people are switching over, they have a desire to reinvent themselves or they're feeling like this isn't it. You know, I think we all go through that and it's okay to take the time. And it's, I, I didn't make that huge leap right away. I just gave myself permission to say, I think I'm going to take a little break. Um, because if yeah. I would have announced myself, you know, even though my friend knew it, to myself, I had to, I had to give it a soft transition and say, I'm just going to take a little break and explore. Right. Right. Well, that in and of itself too, I think is an aha moment in a lot of ways, because you were able to, to notice that you needed to remove yourself from that space to do something different. And so I just, I I wanted to just shed light on that and to really find your story because it's, it's so different for every person. And I, I think it's important to highlight, you know, I know a lot of the people that listen to the show are new in the entrepreneur world, or they may be in the corporate world trying to build a side hustle or trying to make the leap to being an entrepreneur. And I think what you illustrated so beautifully is that your aha moment was just recognizing that what you were currently in wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and for me, it's never super rationalized. It's always a feeling. It's a feeling Mm of, oh, there's something more out here in life for me to explore. And I think in many ways to view it, not as, oh, I really hate what I'm doing. And if you view like there's something more and exciting and creative for me to explore, it becomes a little bit easier to make that transition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and today I know that we're talking about how, you know, harnessing your curiosity can really boost your business. So I'm interested in knowing because that little spark of curiosity that you had to make the transition from being a concert pianist to then becoming an entrepreneur, that it's a certain feeling, right? Why does that initial curiosity come to you within your business, like within the confines of your business as well to, you know, think of, of new products or think of different ways to shift your business. Is there, can you talk a little bit about how kind of harnessing that curiosity can really propel your business and even your personal life forward? Yeah. Um, so you mean when you become curious about something? Yeah, that's very, very, okay. So let me think about that for one second. You know, I, let me back up one, just one step here and talk a little bit about how I like to launch products. I really think that launching products or services, that's why I talked a little bit earlier about your own personal journey and owning it and the authenticity behind it. Because I think when, anyway, when I feel like I'm creating something that is really unique, different and needed by the world, I'm much more ignited to do something about it, right? So I don't feel like I want to release anything unless I know it's going to make a valuable difference to, to people. So for my beauty products, you know, I'm the founder of Saver Beauty, as, as, you're, as you said. And I, when we come out with products, I don't feel motivated and I don't feel excited to do anything until I feel like, oh, this is new and this is different. And so let me take, for example, we're going to be releasing a sunscreen in 2021. We were supposed to release it in 2020. But there were certain things that I felt like this isn't 
this isn't like groundbreaking. This isn't as new and original and it's not solving certain problems that I want it to solve. So let's take this off the table right now. We're not going to release it in 2020. If we make these certain tweaks now, suddenly it's becoming new, different, and it's really solving um, something that the, that our consumer wants. And then I start to feel excited and curious. Well, how do we get to that next step? You know, um, so those those are the conversations that I have with my team to figure out what can we get excited to release and put out there. Um, curiosity, you know, you touched on personal life. I think curiosity for me, like especially coming into my personal life, is self discovery, and um, and really learning like what what are these new experiences that I'm going through? What am I learning? What can I teach my daughter? Um, how can I use this to deepen my, my knowledge of who I am and how I can serve, you know? So mm-hmm. I think when you're asking those types of questions, curiosity is a very important aspect of wanting to go deeper and learning. Yeah, I, I can agree 100%. And I, and really with curiosity too, and, and maybe you can back me up on this. It's, I feel like if you have a business or if you're going through life and you're not asking questions and you're not allowing your, your mind to, to really dig deep into something and maybe ask the questions that aren't on the surface level, it's going to be really hard to evolve as a human and as a business. And I think that's, I always say that entrepreneurs are geniuses at asking more questions. Like what are the questions that need to be asked? Even when you're launching a new product, we have, you have to probably ask the questions of, you know, what does the consumer need? What is this product going to provide? And if it wasn't for that curiosity, that product probably wouldn't even be created. Right. I like, I really like your concept of curiosity. It's not many people are talking about how to get curious. So, um, yeah, I, th- people talk a lot about passion and they talk a lot about, um, you know, just the technical aspects of entrepreneurship. But I think curiosity is, is a very, very youthful, almost naive and innocent and um, refreshing reframe behind, well, why am I doing what I'm doing? How do I make it better? How can I discover more? How can I learn more? So I think that's a really beautiful way to look at entrepreneurship and personal growth as well. Thank you. Yeah, I think so too. And and I, that's why I'm so, I was so interested in hearing your take on it because I feel like it really does take a curious individual to, to make that huge switch from being a performance artist to, you know, jumping into skincare and being an entrepreneur. So I I was really interested to pick your brain there. And I think, um, you know, these questions of why and, and peeling the onion layer deeper, one, one layer deeper at a time, it does take a lot of questions. Why? What? what do I want? Why do I want this? You know? And so, so um, actually I have this um, self-care planner called Saver Life Planner. And at the beginning of the, um, of the planner, we, we ask a lot of questions about who am I? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What do I want to do? What brings out the best of me? What doesn't bring out the best of me? And there are a lot of questions and we've gotten people who write into us and say, do I need to do this every 90 days? And I always say, yes, do this every 90 days. Because, and, and actually when every, whatever experience happens that's meaningful to you, asking how you feel about it, how you've shift, shifted as a result around the experience, and then even asking your questions like, 
what do I value? Mm-hmm. How, how do I want to approach this? There are so many questions that you can ask yourself and to go deeper with everything to better evolve in a healthy way, I think is really important. So that's, we're on the same page there. <laughs> okay, good, good. And I figured that you would be, that's why I was so interested to get your take on it. And I think that's such a, a great way to put it. So I have, we're kind of going to shift directions here because I have a very selfish question to ask you and it's, it has to do with the, my beauty regimen. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah. So, and I feel like, you know, many people will, will probably agree with this as well, that beauty, regardless of whether you are a man or a woman, like skincare is so important. And sometimes it can feel very, I know that I personally, especially when I hit 30, felt that it was very overwhelming, extremely overwhelming. So what do you consider to be like the foundation or the basics of a good daily skincare regimen? Okay. So I, I think the first thing to do is to wash your face the right way. So what I do is, um, you know, obviously I use Saver Beauty products and I, I double cleanse. Um, Korean women, you may or may not know, are very into skincare and self-care. They view self-care as skin, skincare as self-care. And so um, what I do is an oil cleanse first. And so I like to use um, our coconut pre-cleanse oil, which is detoxifying and it the good oil is pulling the bad oil out of your pores. And it's really like um, detoxifying deeply in the pores. And the reason why you want to do this is because and a lot of people ask me, do you have to wash your face every single night? And I, I'm always like, yes, because a lot of people don't know that your sebum and sweat, it's building up in your pores, having a party within your pores while you're sleeping. And that leads to a lot of uh, blackheads, a lot of breakouts. And also, um, if you're not washing off the free radicals from your face, the, it's, the free radicals are breaking down your collagen as you're sleeping, and that ages you. So the pre-cleanse, the, the oil cleansing, really helps to get out you know, all of that sweat and sebum and dirt and toxins from your pores. And then I layer on the pearl cleansing cream right on top, and I you know, wash my face very thoroughly. And it has these crushed grape seeds that are sweeping away the toxins that you've just pulled out. So, and then I wash my face. So I I really think this thorough cleansing is really important for the foundation of your beauty ritual. And so then, and I I think you should do this at every age, but you talked about when you turned 30, it became overwhelming. Then the most important thing to do after your cleansing is to hydrate your skin. And anytime your skin feels parched, it means it's too late, meaning that you should have moisturized before it got to that point. Just, just the same as when you're drinking water, you don't want to drink. You don't want to just drink when you're parched. You want to stay hydrated throughout the day. Right? So just like I keep my really big um, glass of water next to my desk, I also keep my serum next to my desk, a mist and a serum. And I mist my face throughout the day and I moisturize because I don't want to get to the point where my face feels really thirsty. So I think, you know, those are the two foundational things that are really important. And now we're talking right now during the quarantine of 2020. And so a lot of people, we have three spas in the New York area and 
So a lot of our clients can't come in for facials. And so now we're saying, okay, it's really essential that you exfoliate at least once a day, or sorry, once a, once a week. And you know, whether you're peeling or you are exfoliating with a manual exfoliation, um, you know, it's really important to do that once a week if you can't get in for your facials. So hopefully that wasn't too overwhelming. <laughs> no, not at all. It was, I mean, it, it really did break it down for me because I feel like there are so many, you know, I mean, I, I follow some skincare gurus on Instagram and watch YouTube tutorials. And it's, there's so many things out there that you can apply to your skincare regimen and it can get really overwhelming. So I think that that really broke it down to the items that are absolutely essential. Right. Yeah. So just making sure, you know, the first things first is learn how to wash your face the right way. And, you know, I have a YouTube tutorial actually on it and you could probably just tap that in, type that in, um, Saber Beauty, how to wash your face the right way. And it shows you step-by-step how to do it. Oh, I love it. Okay, perfect. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes too. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that we're wrapping up and I always have the last two questions that I always ask on the Balanced Boss podcast are my two favorite questions to ask, but I'm going to go ahead with this first one. And I want to know, because this is the Balanced Boss podcast, and I'm all about making sure that the people that listen have tangible tools and know what, you know, people that are achieving their dreams and staying healthy and balanced with at home and work are are really executing into their life. What are your daily non-negotiable self-care tasks or items that you do to keep yourself grounded both at work and at home? Well, I wash my face every night. I do my skincare ritual um, day day and night. Um, I love doing yoga, especially now with this quarantine. I I am really obsessed with, especially Kundalini yoga. Have you ever done Kundalini? Yes. I'm a huge Kundalini fan. Really? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to hear it. I just love it because to me, tell me, tell me if you think I'm on the mark with this. I view it as beauty breath work meets self-love yoga. Do you know? Uh, Yes. (laughs) And the reason why I call that, um, I call it that is because I feel like it's a very invigorating practice actually. Um, and I have a hard time meditating and just sitting there and like, I've tried breath work on its own and I've tried meditation on its own, but I have a body that wants to move and I have a very active mind. So Kundalini just keeps me really engaged because you're breathing as you're moving in a very invigorating way, you know? And so I, I love that. Um, if I could do that every day, I would, I also do, um, you know, like my own morning meditation where I'm visualizing and I'm doing affirmations. Um, I put on a morning mask and I say my affirmations. I set the intention like we did at the beginning of this podcast. And um, so I like to do that in the morning. And then um, lately my daughter and my dog and I have been going to Central Park every single day, trying to walk, you know, eight to 10,000 steps a day. So those are, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, keeping active. And I also am really loving cooking as well. I, I view it as a very meditative activity. You know, I was just telling my friend the other day, it's like amazing. You take this fresh basil out of the fridge and I just stick my nose in it. And it smells so fresh and beautiful and, you know, cilantro and all, just all these herbs that are just so beautiful. I, you know, these are my rituals that keep me grounded and balanced. 
I love it. I love it. Perfect. It's always so different with every person that I have on the podcast. So I just love to hear, you know, it, it, to me, it gives inspiration to the listeners to know that you really have to find the things that bring you joy and bring you into this space of feeling grounded. And it's going to look different for every single person on the planet. Right. So I absolutely love it. And I do love, and I love your definition of Kundalini yoga. <laughs> okay. Good. Thank you. I think it's perfect. So the last question that I have for you, Angela, is what's next for you? So what's next for you? And also where can we find you? Because I know that you personally are on Instagram and then Saver Beauty is also on Instagram. Can you just kind of plug where people can follow you and what you have coming up next? Yeah. So you can come, we are very active on Instagram at Angela Gia Kim. J-I-A is the middle name. Kim, K-I-M is the last name. Um, we also just launched a virtual self-love spa. And so you can get a, a free uh, skin rate consult there. If you have any questions about your, your skincare regimen, Lauren, I encourage you to do that. We have Saver Beauty experts and pros, um, who can take a look at your skin and, and give you feedback. Um, and then we have like, we, we actually have this Kundalini yoga from my favorite instructor. And so we're trying to do everything that's activating your inner and outer radiance at the self-love spa. And then yeah, follow us at Saver Beauty. And that's where all of our skincare is. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Angela, thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing your love for beauty and your story behind how you found curiosity to get to where you are now as an entrepreneur. Hopefully we can have you on the show again soon. Thank you so much.